Yo, what up? This is Dart Adams, and this is Dart Against Humanity, episode 48. Now, let me in on what I'm doing right now. Um, so, if any of you know, I usually dispute Wikipedia accounts of when rap release dates were. So, there was some, I suspect, erroneous information saying that the May 23rd, 1989 is the release date for Chill Rob G's Ride the Rhythm. I don't think that's right. I'm pretty sure Chill Rob G's Ride the Rhythm did not get released before, like, Soul to Soul dropped. I don't think it dropped before Kumo D's Knowledge is King, which came out on May 30th. And I'm pretty sure it didn't drop before um, Heavy D and the Boys Big Time, which dropped June 13th, 1989. And the reason why I'm pretty sure it isn't is because when you look at the um, Wikipedia information for what album dropped when, they also have... Um, nice and Smooth's debut album, Nice and Smooth, dropping on um, Fresh Sleeping Bag, like not too long after, like June. And I know for a fact that album doesn't come out until like fall 1989. So I'm already looking at this like, I don't know. And then yesterday I, I saw people like posting uh, 30th anniversary to this classic. And I'm like, yo, mm. If that's a fact, I know for a fact that that album didn't peak on the charts until the next summer, 1990. And here's the problem with that. It didn't peak high. It peaked at like number 60 on the black music charts. And I know for a fact that there are albums, like albums most people have never heard of, which charted higher. Raheem the Vigilante. And Quet Respect, you know, that charted higher than Chill Rob G's. And Chill Rob G's album would have been moving, especially after The Power came out. And The Power would have been hottest. The Power came out again, uh, I think January 1990, uh, the Snap version. And they were playing the Snap version and the Chill Rob G version back to back on BET. I don't think they were doing this on MTV. So basically, I'm just looking through the black music charts to figure out exactly when this album came out. So I'm on top black album, September 9th, 1989. Blue Magic, Chris Jasper, Tough Crew, Back to Rec Shop, Simply Red, Al Green, Troy Johnson, This Is Bass, various artists, Deatra Hicks, damn. Mm -mm 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 -mm. and She, Wild. What the fuck? Sir Mix-a-Lot Swaz. Been on the charts for 61 weeks? Jesus Christ. Redhead Kingpin and FBI. Shade of Red had been on the charts for three weeks. And I think that one came out in April, uh, August. That one came out in August. So, Lisa Lisa and Colt Jam straight to the skies. Been on the charts. De La Soul was on the charts for 27 weeks. Antoinette, who's the boss, been on the charts for 12 weeks. Kid in Place, Too Hype, been on the charts for 42 weeks. NWA, Strata Compton, been on the charts for 20 weeks. Twin Hype, Twin Hype, seven 
weeks on the charts. Steezo's Crazy Noise has been on the charts for 11 weeks. I know it came out way before that. It took a while to, ch- to climb. Because, again, these are highly competitive charts. The black music charts were highly competitive. The soundtrack for Ghostbusters 2. Been on the charts 10 weeks. In Touch All Night. Been on the charts 7 weeks. Chub Rock with Howie T. And The Winner Is. Been on the charts for 7 weeks. This is September 9th. Kwame's Boy Genius A New Beginning. Been on the charts 22 weeks. I already covered when Special Ed Younger is in charge. Been on the charts 20 weeks. Scrolling up. Three Times Dope, Original Styling, been on the charts 23 weeks. Boogie Down Productions, Ghetto Music, The Blueprint of Hip Hop, been on the charts 7 weeks. The DLC, No One Can Do It Better, been on the charts 4 weeks. EPMD's Unfinished Business, been on the charts 4 weeks. Soul to Soul, Keep On Moving, which was released on June 13th, has been on the charts for 10 weeks. And Heavy D and the Boys, Big Time, have been on the charts 10 weeks. Why? They both came out the same day. So... Looking at the the height of the, looking at the black music charts, it's September 9th. Albums that came out uh, June 13th have been on the charts for 10 weeks each, and at the top of the charts, albums that came out later in the summer have been on the charts for four weeks. That's the DLC and EPMD. They both came out the same day. Um, Boogie Down Productions, Ghetto Music, Blueprint of Hip Hop, been on the charts seven weeks. I don't see Chill Rob G's Ride the Rhythm anywhere. And if Mamato and She's Wild, which is on an indie label, had been on the charts 10 weeks, Chill Rob G should be on the charts. Because the fact of the matter is that um, oh, Wild Pitch actually moved a significant amount of units. Tough Crew's Back to Wex Shop is new at number 98. It definitely should have outsold Tough Crew. You know? Like... Redhead Kingpin, FBI Warren Virgin, yes, that's a major. Success and Effect in the Hood. Success and Effect was on, on top records. They've been in the charts for seven weeks. You tell me Chill Rob G wouldn't have sold better than Success and Effect. Your TFO's doing it is on Select. It's been on the charts 15 weeks. Antoinette, who was on Next Plateau, has been on the charts 12 weeks. So what I'm telling you is that if Chill Rob G's album was released in the summer, it would have been charting already. And here we are, September 9th, it ain't charting. Matter of fact, if we go through the um, black, hot black singles, that's what they were called back then. Hot black singles sounds like a dating fucking um, section. Eh. My Love is So Raw, Allison Williams featuring Nikki D. That's number 100. In September 1989. Kumo D's, they want money. That album was fire. Uh, release date, May 30th, 1989. No for a fact. I remember my brother and I went and bought that shit that it came out. That album smashed LL Cool J's album. Walking with a Panther. I might do a special on that one just alone. I, I, I kind of want to have people on camera for that. I, I like to do that one with Jay Zone and a bunch of other people. But the fact, but the point of the matter is, Boogie Down Productions, why is that? Been on the charts for 10 weeks. I'm just looking for Digital Underground's Do What You Like. It's been on the charts for five weeks by September 1989. Rex and Effects' New Jack Swing was in its second week. It jumped from 96 to 84. I don't see any Chill Rob G 
on the black music charts and everything hits the black music charts first. That is the one thing to do. If you want to find out where a song went or how it went, you you check the black music charts first, the hot black singles or the black music charts first, because songs hit there first. Even white music hit the black music charts first before it crossed over. If you go back to the 80s, trust me, I, I do research. This is what I do. It's my thing. So what I'm saying is that, uh, no, Chill Rob G's album did not come out May 23rd, 1989. There's no way in hell. To, there's not even a single on the charts for Chill Rob G and the black music charts in September. And... If I go to hot rap singles, number 30, me, myself, and I, De La Soul, number 29, I ain't tripping, too short, 28, I got it made, special ed, big old butt, LL Cool J, brand new, 27, pause, run DMC, brand new, uh, and number 26, me so horny, two live crew, hot, number one, at 25, kid and plays, too hype, been on the charts three weeks, they want money, Kumo D, been on the charts 15 weeks, hey young world, slick Rick, three weeks. The Rhythm Kwame, knew it number 21. That's a hot rap single. I don't see Chill Rob G yet. Who's the boss, Antoinette? Do it to the crowd, twin hype. Do it, do it, do it. Do it to the crowd. Um, MC Light, I'm not having it. Shit. Um, Danny D and DJ Wiz, I'm, I got you, boom, I got your girlfriend, or I got your girlfriend, your bad chips, oh, your bad chips, Chub Rock with How We Tea, that's number 16, I'm that type of guy, LL Cool J, 15, Dance For Me, Queen Latifah is number 14, been on the charts, seven weeks, this is September 9th, 1989, Why Is That, Boogie Down Productions is number 13, Do The Right Thing, Redhead Kingpin FBI dropped around the same time as the film Do The Right Thing. A lot of people thought it was on the soundtrack. They bought the soundtrack. Surprised it wasn't there. They had to buy the single. Made the song even hotter. Played the shit on the radio to death. I remember I was around. Beastie Boys Hey Ladies is at number 11. We Got Our Own Thing. Heavy D and the Boys. Been on the charts 15 weeks. It's still number 10. MC Hammer, they put me in the mix. Hammer, Hammer, I am Hammer. They put me in the mix. Oh, 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 oh. Breeze's LA Posse is number eight. Been on the charts nine weeks. Funky Dividends, 15 weeks. Number seven, Smooth Operator, Big Daddy Kane. Brand, relatively new, been on the charts for three weeks. It's already at number six. Jumped from 18 to six. So what you're saying, EPMD. Been on the charts five weeks, jumped from 14 to 7 to 5. Bust the move, young MC, jumped from 11 to 9 to 5 to 4. NWA, express yourself, 13, 2, 2, and then down to 3. Why? Because Public Enemies Fight the Power is number two on the charts after nine weeks. And the number one song rap single, September 9th, 1989, is DOC's It's Funky Enough. Which has been on charts seven weeks, went from seven to three to one. Now, next to it, Do the Right Thing, Red Kingpin and FBI, Do the Right Thing is from the LP, A Shade of Red, produced by Red Kingpin from GR Productions, which is really Gene Griffin, and Markel Riley, mixed by Teddy Riley and Gene Griffin. And it's weird because he was Teddy Riley's um, mentee, you know? But he actually did uh, quite a bit of production for um, Rex and Effect. 
a lot of a lot of it he didn't get full credit for. So what I'm saying is, here I am in September, and I don't see Chill Rob G's uh, singles in the hot rap charts. I'm just telling you, there's no way that that shit came out May 23rd, 1989. This is it's not possible. But what did happen is May 24th, 1994. A classic album was released, and that was J. Rooted Damages, The Sun Rises in the East. That would be 25 years ago today. God damn. I was a junior in high school. I was a junior in high school. It was the end of my junior year. Um, the singles did really come to mind when I think of this thing. Uh, I knew Come Clean dropped. It was like the first single. First of all... It, Attention came to J. Rue after they did the song I'm the Man on um, Daily Operation. So much anger built inside. So don't stop, say hi, motherfucker, just die. But I believe like um, it was him, the beat switches. Um, he talks about dirty, rotten scoundrels. And my name is J. Rue, utilizing my tools from 92. MC step up in mobs to defeat us. We get props like Norm Peterson. Lots of you, lots of you, lots of beers. Got the skills, Creno, so I always have cheers. Trooper like a trooper, no need for fear, I'm a... And I was like, got the skills, Creno. What the fuck is Creno? And it was spelled K-R-E-E-N-O in the liner notes. And I was like, is Creno a new slang term? Is that shit gonna catch on? It didn't. Um, So Come Clean comes out. Doom, 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 doom. Uh-oh, heads up, cause I'm dropping some shit. Uh-oh, heads up, cause I'm dropping some shit. Uh-oh, heads up, cause I'm dropping some shit. Uh, one of the greatest primo productions of all time. The single was really huge. And the thing was that the reason why the song took off too, not only because it was super dope, is because the single, for some odd reason, J. Rule singles, whoever directed them, looked super clear. Like he was using a different type of film for his video stock. And it always showed up on cable. And everybody was just like, yo, who does his videos? These videos are fucking amazing. And it was like the dude getting tortured in the chain and shit like that. And then the next single, of course, was I'm the original Dirty Rotten Scoundrel. Dirty, dirty, rotten scoundrels. Dirty, dirty, rotten scoundrels. And he was, uh, at the time, there was an R&B group called DRS. Uh, who had a song called Gangsta Lean. This is for my homies. I do so much fucking singing on these. And I'm like, why? Why do I do this? I'm not the guy with the voice. I was the dude who they used to turn the mic off. And I used to do the dancing in the background. Anyway. Uh, the original big single. Now, I will tell you. Uh, there's one problem. Major problem. If you go to the Wikipedia page for this joint. And I was, um, I pointed this out a couple days ago because I was trying to research to make sure this is actually the release date it is. Um, but if you go to the Wikipedia page, do not cite the Wikipedia page. Why? Because it's going to tell you that the single Can't Stop the Prophet was released in April 6, 1994. And I know for a fact that is a lie. That song doesn't really hit the the black music charts or rap single charts until like the fall late in 1994 because the can't stop the profit video when you look at it it's done by a3 and a whole bunch of like famous graph artists that is an animated video that video took months 
of production and post-production to get done. There's no way that single was that video was gonna get made before the album dropped. It says released April 6, 1994. No. The album came out May 24th. All three videos for this album were not out before the album dropped. You can't stop the profit video didn't drop until later. Later. Now, what did I love about this album? Um, another excellent Primo album. Primo was had been like become adept, a master at crafting albums and sequencing albums, going back to the Gangstar days. Uh, he'd done one-off productions and like joints for people, starting with like the, in- the interludes on um, Daily Operation. Ninety-two interlude ended up becoming Yes, Yes, Y'all for um. Heavy D on Blue Funk, one of my favorite Heavy D albums. Um, but you know, he had other joints that like ended up being picked up from people's albums. But when you listen to this album, Brooklyn took it. Brooklyn keeps on taking it. Brooklyn keeps on taking it. Then like the the masterpiece that is um Living Proof. By group home because those dudes were not lyrical not that was premier put them in position to win and i it's i think it's kind of crazy when you think that possibly um homie's best song of his entire career was the interlude on Daily Operation and they put him in group home with Lil Dap Malachi the Nutcracker Words from the Nutcracker Words from the Nutcracker made Malachi sound like he might be promising and he wasn't way to go primo you're the man mental stamina featuring Alpha Ra futuristic topical matter my mental balance will shower, devour at a crazy rate. Um, the bitches, the bitches. Um, you can't stop the prophet video. Uh, perverted monks in the house ain't the devil happy. Ha 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 ha. My mind spray, incredible, incredible song. My 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 my, my mind spray. The scratched hooks do so much for a song. Um, jungle music in the J U N G L E. Um, static, and I can rock the mic that you're static. Dirty, dirty. So, this album, again, a classic, uh, was played to death in this domicile. Well, not this one. I didn't live here, I still lived in the neighborhood. Um, my younger brother and I played this tape to death. There were a bunch of other albums that came out around the same time. Uh, so you have to think about the lifespan of a cassette tape back then to put things in proper perspective. Illmatic came out April 19th, 1994. And this album dropped May 24th, 1994. So you're going to school, school's ending. You got your Walkman. You just got J. Rude Damages tape. You know what I'm saying? You... You're playing, you might be playing, still playing Illmatic in your box. 
And then it's like these albums came out relatively close in in like time. Saphir's um boxcar sections sessions I think came out like two weeks before this. Outcast Southern Playalistic came out the week after Nas. Nas's out tape came out the same time as um Shaheem's aka the Rugged Child. So, like, you having all these tapes in rotation, the next week, uh, I think the Beastie Boys, either this week or the next week, Beastie Boys dropped Ill Communication. You know, the Beat Nuts have um, props over here, all over the radio, and people have that, um, that single. So, there's a lot going on for this era. When you think about like how things were competing in 1994 and what was the the life of each cassette, and the thing was we didn't realize anything was a classic because when you're listening to everything at the same time, when everything's really good, it's hard to differentiate what's great from what isn't. So there's that. Okay, so on the other side, we're gonna come back and we're gonna talk about another album that's celebrating its 20th anniversary. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, again, this is Dart Against Humanity, episode 48. And the other album, which is going to be celebrating its 20th anniversary of release uh, tomorrow. Today's the 24th. Tomorrow will be May 25th. Slick Rick's The Art of Storytelling. Now, Slick Rick, this is his fourth LP. So, issues with... Why a lot of people don't really fully like discuss Slick Rick all the way like they should. There are huge leaps and there are spaces between his album releases. Because again, jail, issues with um deportation, what have you. His first album comes out, um, does extremely well, blows up the great adventures of Slick Rick. Then he has the court case to issue with his cousin, what have you, gets arrested, goes through his legal issues. Um, It's 1991 when he finally records his second album, um, The Ruler's Back, which is under weird weird circumstances because he's kind of on work release slash furlough. So he has this weird time window to record the album. He's sequestered, I believe, to a hotel. He can't go certain places except for like hotel, studio, hotel, and then he can get brought back to prison. And he had this weird, uh, these weird time constraints on when he could record his album. So he pretty much had to put it out really quick. And if you listen to the album, it's amazing what he was able to accomplish giving these weird constraints and these weird limitations. Uh, he recorded a song, Moses, basically because there was a Bible in his hotel room. He watched cable. He, so he did a video called, he did a song called Bond. Um, he did another one. Uh, so he's he listening to the radio, like in cars on the way back. A lot of the driver, I believe, played the oldie stations. So he did a, a joint runaway. He did Venus. Venus, if you will, I know you want to run away. Like the Frankie Valley runaway, like he did his version. And so when you listen to the album, t- 
top cat because the cartoon top cat be coming on in, in his hotel room and you're like yo he made an incredible album i shouldn't have done it considering this dude had been locked up and then when you listen to his flow and his his bar structure and how he was one of the innovators of um saying lines and then coming back and forth uh uh, conversational flow and uh, sometimes you would have the engineer pan vocals from left to right so you hear it in one ear hear it in the other ear which is fucking brilliant he was one of the masters of vocal layering which is um something me and Sage Francis were talking about on Twitter uh, yesterday because I was actually running down a lot of the things about um that album The Rule Is Back that I love songs like Ship and King, and like, yo, he was fucking bodying shit, Venus, his, listen to the flow on Venus, like, what, but anyway, man goes to jail, gets locked up, uh, Def Jam did him dirty with the, um, Behind Bars album, I hate that album, don't own it, um, I really hated the fucking Jermaine Dupree remix, did not like the Warren G uh, Behind Bars remix. Um, I believe the original version was done by like Prince Paul or something. I heard it on a Def Jam sampler. And I was just like, yo, why? And the weird thing is that the official version that they released on the Jeff, Def Jam sampler, and those of you that know this know, it was an acapella. Except for one part. Where the beat changes. And I'm like, why would they release an acapella? One. To, like, why am I listening to a Slick Rick acapella? Why would you release this to the fans? What the fuck was your Def Jam thinking? But anyway, uh, he finally gets free. Uh, the original title of this album is supposed to be I Own America. Because I remember seeing that in the ads. I Own America. Slick Rick, I Own America. I was like, I Own America. Because it was in danger of being deported. And like, the shit whole, and whole thing, lone barrier. And if I get deported, I own America. Um, That's my Slick Rick impression. Which is pretty, which is pretty proud. Anyway, um, it's horrible. So, Bimmy Auntie, who of course is the famous Auntie family. I don't need to get too deep into that. Bimmy, working for Def Jam. He's the A&R this album. He did a hell of a job. I'm not going front. Um, he A&R'd the shit out of this record. So, you have the jail skits where people are like, Doing slick Rick lyrics, bringing everything together. Clark Kent put his foot in his joint. Um, he did Kill Niggas. He did Two Way Street. He did I Own America Part One, which I believe is the original version of um, that I Own America, which they were gonna run with. The later one is the one that Bimmy was in, involved in. Um, Rashad Swift, Rashad Smith, uh, A.K.A. Tumbling Dice, uh, was was in on it. Uh, why, why, why? Scott Kent did. He also did memories, where I believe he said his his um family used to dress like um uh, Andre three thousand and his girl dressed now. Uh, he said lines like "Down south, barbecue ribs fall out a nigga mouth." You know, like he was still saying really clever shit. It's working, girlfriend. Like I'm, my brother and I had the CD because it's nineteen ninety nine, and we were buying CDs. And we were fucking crying, laughing at some of the shit that he was saying. And we were like, yo, this dude is 10 years removed from like 
over 10 years removed from his classic debut album. You know, and almost 15 years removed from Lottie Dottie. But he still has it at this advanced age. And the album went gold in a month. A month. Like on some EPMD, 30 days later, the LP went gold. So what you're saying shit. In 1999. Um, Unify was a song Kid Capri did. It was supposed to be on Kid Capri's um, soundtrack to the Streets album. There were issues with Kid Capri's soundtrack to the Streets album. It got delayed. Something happened. Something fucked up happened. Um, I remember... That album got delayed and it kind of killed the momentum for it. But I remember like Snoop Dogg, Slick Rick, Unify. It's on the album. Uh, There's Adults Only, which is, of course, like the prerequisite song. You know, you had Tonto on um, The Ruler's Back. You had... um, Indian Girl, really a song that we thought was funny in 1988, 1989, which later became offensive years later. Not saying that it became offensive. Well, you know, shit changed. Um, But, you know, adults only is about anal sex. I'll just say that. And it's hilarious, but it is. Frozen featuring Raekwon, another Bimmy song. Um... Impressed the kid was DJ SNS. But yeah, this album, I say this album's a classic. And the thing is that I don't think a lot of people really realize that it's a classic, even though it did really well. Like, the single Street Talking, like, dun, 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 dun. Early things that ain't earned honest man Slick Rick and Outcast on his jam Like that shit was dope Andre 3000 I wish would have been on it Again it's just big boy Um, Jazzy Faye did the production Uh, Karan Goodman Formerly of um, the Youngsters Later the Illy Funksters And a member of the Trackmasters uh, produce me and Nas bring it to your hardest finally to rappers that are billboard star billboard starters me and Nas bring it to your hardest not one of the great not the greatest song on here uh king peace in a chess game which is him and cannabis cannabis just wrapped his ass off then again cannabis wrapped his ass off on hell with Farrell march too which came out months later i mean about close to six months later um trapped on dd tra- trapped on mp3s and downloadable in- Trapped on CD, trapped on DVD, and downloadable MP3s. Like, yeah, you you killed it. Uh, Cannabis was also on um, You Bust Him, I Punish Him with, with Rock Him. So he's doing all these great guest appearances, but his album was ass. His album was like Edith Chacon in 1984. It was ass. If you don't know what Iris Chacon is, um, I-R-I-S-C-H-A-C-O-N. Just type in that name and either 1983 
1984-1985. It'll all make sense. Or maybe you could just type it in alone in the YouTube. And it'll all make sense. And if you don't know who Edis Chacon is, I feel so sorry for you. I feel deep, deep sadness. And I'm so glad I'm black, Tino. So damn glad. Anyway, right? So, this album, Classic, comes out tomorrow. I was, most people would have gone on Instagram and done the three slides and would have said, hey, on May 23rd, 1989, Chill Rob G's Ride the Rhythm Drop. And then on May 24th, 1994, we get um, J. Rude Damager and he dropped uh, The Sunrise in the East. And then on May 25th, 1999, then we got this classic by Slick Rick. But that's where research comes in. And I do research beforehand, before going in. So one of the things I was actually trying to do is right now, I'm, I was writing a piece for, um, I was telling you about for DJ Booth. But one of the things I wanted to do to bring the piece together was I was trying to find the release date, a definitive release date for MF Doom's Operation Doomsday. And the reason why it hasn't come out yet is because I wanted that to be the conclusion of the piece. And I didn't find the release date. I needed to find a new way to nail down the release date. So what I did was I went to the Wayback Machine. And I um, went to 1999 to try to find out if I could find a date on the Wayback Machine. Where it would list the release date for, you know, recently dropped or new or available now. So I have a time frame for when the album dropped in 1999. I'm guessing it had to come out in late summer, fall to winter 1999. And let me tell you, um, the Wayback Machine didn't record a whole lot out of those websites in 1999 for the time frame I need them. So what did I do? I decided to do an end around. I'm go- I look at independent, um, independent magazines in 1999 and I start going through them both physical ones and digitized ones one, and then one of the ones I realized like hey you know what would really work if I go to the old CMJ magazines from spring to fall to winter 1999 and I just scroll through there because what happens is if you know anything about the CMJs if you read them they report they get reports from everywhere so not only do they uh feature the major albums, but they have a special, um, a special uh, thing to include independent releases, like indie indie releases. I'm talking especially like compilations and like indie labels, because again, CMJ is like college radio, and they like really cater to like the independent uh, joints or alternative. If we're talking about rock. And they had a section called Beatbox, which did specialized reports on the rap scene and the R&B scene. So if someone was in the studio, if someone was bringing something out, or someone had a hot single on radio like where Fat Beats or UGHH would be a top seller, it's going to show up on the CMJ charts. So I was like, yo. I think I found the answer. And it's also other thing is that it reports the people that sent them new material 
to CMJ and anybody could just call CMJ and report that they uh that they're putting out a release. It wasn't like you had to be on a major, you had to have somebody to report to the RIAA. Um so Princess Superstar's new 12 inch is going to show up in the CMJ on her label the Corrupt Conglomerate for example. You know, if you put out records on Raw Shack, it's going to show up in CMJ. Seven Heads is going to show up in CMJ. If you put out a, a, a single on Game Records, it's going to show up in GMJ. If you put out your album on Replay Records, like, I don't know, um, Group Home, A Tear for the Ghetto, the release date's going to show up there. If you're Socrates and you put out your uh, the Underground Tapes Volume 1 on Serious Records in Canada, it's going to show up in CMJ. Point I'm making is, I had found the way, the sure shot way, so I thought, to figure out the release date of um, Fondalums, because again, they knew Bobito, uh, Fondalums, uh, Operation Doomsday. So I'm pouring through every issue, every chart, digitized, uh, physical ones that I could find. And I'm just going through the charts, going through these charts. I'm finding everything. I'm finding release dates for shit I didn't even know I was looking for. The funky precedent. I had no idea what the release date was. I bought this, uh, this CD, Tectonics, on Alm. I remember returning it because it was just too much noise. And I was like, I just found a release date for it. I was like, really? That's when it came out? I'm finding release dates for everything. Every independent single. Fucking backdraft by, uh, by arsonists. And the thing is, they have a review section too. So if you don't see it here, you'll see it here. So I'm seeing every independent album from 1999 come down the pike. And I do not see. I'm on the December 13th issue. And I'm like, yo, I haven't seen this shit yet. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to have to do, keep doing this. I'm, I'm determined. I'm going to find the release date for this album. Because... It's just, I feel like it's something that needs to happen. So now the conclusion of the joint I'm doing for DJ Booth about like rap research and the links that people don't go to do it. And I totally understand again why they don't do it because this is not cost effective. I should have had a piece out already and I should already have my invoice. And it was supposed to come out this week and I was doing extra work because I was trying to prove a point of how... I, you know what? It works better this way because I'm trying to prove a point on how much research and care it takes to actually do this research properly, but most people can't. And also another thing is that I recently did some research for somebody else who just was curious to know when the release date was for um, De La Soul's buddy single. I found the date, but I found the date in like 45 minutes to an hour. And while I was doing it, I'm walking through the research and I'm sending people, I'm sending like screenshots and like pictures and stuff like that. And I'm explaining my process. And I realize as I'm doing it, I'm so experienced at doing it that I know when to jump ahead. I know when to go here. I already know in my head the time frame and of singles. I know who, when everybody else's shit dropped. And I know when I saw certain videos on TV, I know where to go. I know to look to, for the, um, the, the, the clip list in Billboard so I can see when the video started airing, when it got added to BET and stuff like that. I'm going to the individual radio reports so I know certain black radio outlets like K-Day 
who played rap and got the new singles as soon as they came in. So I'm going through their July, September, October, and I'm and I know if I see this song here, it's not it's not being played because they played it first. You know, I'm going through the New York playlist and everything like that, looking at flyers. Uh, and it hit me. I'm like, yo, I can do that because I actually know what I'm doing. If you're not experienced at doing this type of research, you're not going to find shit. So then it's like, I'm like, yo, you know, I want, I want to hold people to a standard, but what I have to do is I kind of have to hold their hand and explain to them how to do it. So on the plus side, I'm going to, it's going to make me write the article in a different manner. I might actually kind of do part of a walkthrough and give them some of the resources that I use for my fellow um, journalists because it is excruciating and highly frustrating that people don't do basic research. And here's the other part that I find frustrating. Um, When you hit somebody like Albumism or if I hit Ev Boogie or I hit uh, another one of those sites that claim to be like hip hop history or rap history or some shit. And I'm like, yo, um, this is wrong. This is actually erroneous. And I hit them with screenshots. And they don't um, apologize or delete the post or print a retraction. That drives me insane. I say this all the time. Um, If Rolling Stone or Spin were to print a wrong release date for a a classic rock album, heads would roll. They would apologize. They would retract that. And I don't, I think the difference is, is that history isn't as important in this space as the content that it's going to generate, the clicks that it's going to generate, the conversation it's going to generate. Getting it right isn't as important as just getting the post out. That bothers me. I want to get it right. I don't care as much about, oh, this happened on this day and I got this many views for this many views. I care about, I got this many views for doing adequate and proper research because as far as I'm concerned, fact-checking isn't going out of your way. Doing full research is exerting a gang of energy, but just doing fact checking, as far as I'm concerned, that's the bare minimum. That's expected. But yeah, it's what it is. Um, today is the 25th anniversary of J. Rooted Damages, The Sun Rises in the East. Tomorrow, is the 20th anniversary of Slick Rick's The Art of Storytelling. The album title came from Outkast. Song, The Art of Storytelling. Like that, y'all. Just go and get the hump about your back, y'all. Shoot these tales in the, in the story raps, y'all. Like that, y'all. Like that, y'all. And somebody tweeted me, uh, hey, what's the name of this song? And then do did lyrics to the art of storytelling, and I just blocked them. Because 
I'm fucking 43, bro. Like, I know. I was a grown man when that song came out. It's like, you're not getting me. You're not hitting me with, like, song lyrics from an obscure rap release from 1982. You know? You're not hitting me with, like, lyrics from The Manipulator. You know, you're not hitting me with a Rockmaster Scott, a Cutmaster DC classic. I should stop talking now. One.